seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Rohit. Yo, what's up, Aaron? We're back. We're back. We're oh, back. God, it's been so long. It has been too long. I, 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 I'm gonna take the blame. I apologize to all our listeners. I was gone. We were gone. I was gone, and it just didn't work out to make a show. Um, we had to take the full uh, two week break. Didn't want to. Was hoping to be able to record, but it just didn't quite work out. But on the bright side, I have stories I brought back. Oh, which ones can well, how you have share? you been? How have you been? I've been so rude, Rowan. How have you been? You know, I, I have been uh, really busy, really happy, just, you know, good, fulfilling work. You know, I've got some great extracurriculars that are just creatively giving me so much satisfaction. Um, and most importantly, it's football season, which we'll talk about in our show. But um, I'm just happy to be back into a place where everything great is happening. And so, outside of a little toothache, I can't complain. Well, let me, uh, I, I didn't think I'd get into this right away, but let me tell you. So I got back from uh, Europe, I don't know now, two days ago. And for about a week, the last week of, the, of being gone, my, my tooth hurt. My mouth hurt, like just overall wasn't feeling right. So I immediately called uh, my friend who happens also to be my dentist, Bobby, and uh, and said like, ow. <laughs> and so he took the next morning, went there. First thing basically I did when I landed is I went to the dentist and they said that I have a, a root canal. I have to have a root canal. And they said, do you see this? And they put up like the the x-ray thing on the wall and they're like do you see your tooth i'm like yeah it's white and they're like and do you see this black hole that's an abyss in your tooth I'm like yeah he's like that's a cavity that's hitting the root canal and then if that doesn't get fixed you could like die and then and then i said okay so what do i do he said well you have a choice you can either get this fixed now or not and i said Okay, so if I don't, what happens? And then he said, you could die. And then I said, all right, so what if I do it now? He said, you might not die. So I did it. <laughs> See, I love his bedside uh, manner. It's yeah. Really, yeah, really gets to the point of it. Really is able to empathize. No, I was kidding. Bobby is an amazing dentist. We love Amazing him. dentist. And yeah. uh, thank you, Bobby. Uh, but, but so I chose not to die. And so then I got the root canal. So that's, I came back and immediately got a root canal, which I'd never done before. And I went to that dentist, who's the root canal dentist. And I didn't know there was a difference between a dentist and a root canal dentist, but there is. And I went to the root canal dentist and the root canal dentist, uh, I wanted them to give me as many drugs as possible. So I did not feel the procedure going on. And unfortunately at this dentist, very nice guy, but his drugs broke. So the gas or whatever it is that they give you to like, so everything feels happy, that like emptied or broke. So I got to hear everything 
and I hated it. <sighs> but but I am not dead. No, you're not dead yet. Um, yeah, because we each have at least seven eight years to go, and lucky. if we're lucky, and I I I can't go to the dentist. I am an old man. I'm not an old man. I'm 41 years old, but I still can't go to the dentist and not have them numb up my entire mouth. And I think there's claw marks in the dentist arm in the dentist chair that I sit in every time from me just being so scared because of the the like and then like the with the water pick and all that and it's just like and even though I'm not like spitting gallons of blood it feels emotionally like I am and dentists are scary even though I go to a, we we go to a great dentist um you know the I don't that, think I could do a root canal that sound is what I heard a lot and I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to be laughing through it. And instead it was, yeah. and I kept, I kept telling the guy, like, I was like, they put the thing on your nose, which is where like you ingest the, uh, the drugs. And I kept pointing to it, like, because I can't talk. So I just kept pointing like to my nose, like tapping on the, the little cup on my nose saying like more, more like Trump, but I couldn't say more. So I was like tapping and like trying to wink, like, Hey, <laughs> not working. And, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it's okay. And I'm like, no, not okay. But you can't move because your mouth is pried open. And uh, so, yeah, that was a good way to get welcome back. It was like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's what happens when you go to Europe for too long. We, we take things from you. We take your, your roots from you. And um, yeah, I mean, trust me, I, 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 I'm going to pray that my toothache isn't a root canal because I don't want to go through what you just went through. And you know, I, I, as someone that has watched many beheading videos on live leak, as someone that has like broken bones, as someone that is like, you know, I've, I've had my share of gruesome injuries, getting my semi-annual teeth cleaning is always, and will always be scary. No matter how amazing the dentist and the office is, it's just too much. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to hope it's not a root canal and it's just a normal cavity or something, um, which I also haven't had since I was nine. But anyway, enough about the very scary world of dentistry um yeah what yeah. else what else from the from the break should we talk about should i talk about europe for a minute i, I want to hear about europe because aaron everybody knows you're in europe but tell us really quick what were you doing in europe so the big so what i the biggest thing um i was doing shout out to lauren shout out to kevin frost who's the head of amfar um ceo of amfar for hosting me at the uh, big gala in, in Venice through the Venice Film Festival. Not through it, but it's there during it. Um, to, uh, to, to go. And he kindly hosted me and I got to go um, do some work stuff and also represent the I Am Able Foundation at AMFAR, which is the biggest AIDS research foundation around. It, it was founded like by... A couple people, including Elizabeth Taylor, I think in the late seventies, early eighties. It's it's fifty. It's about to be fifty years. So whatever that math is, uh-huh. and uh, uh, yeah. So I I went to London, met with some people, then to Venice for like four days. Did the all the Amfar stuff and Amfar adjacent stuff, and uh, repped I am able. Met some amazing people. A lot of philanthropists. And an, uh, by the way, philanthropist means many things. One of the things that it means is that you're rich. 
Uh-huh. Because you can have the money to philanthrope with. <laughs> the philanthrope. No, no. But joking aside, they're like amazing philanthropists. And they and Amphar throws a spectacular gala. They do a bunch of these. They do one at Con. They do some in the U.S. But the it was wild. Like the stage opened. Um, so I'll, I'll post some of this stuff on my Instagram uh, in the coming days. I haven't had a chance to yet. But the stage opens. You just see a black curtain. We're in this old building that we took a boat to. And no one could really tell me exactly what the building was, but it's 500 years old. And the stage opens, the curtain opens, and there's like a 50-piece orchestra playing a tribute to John Williams in the, the gala room. Oh. And that's how like the night started. And I was just like, I was just like, holy shit, this is so cool. And that was just the beginning. Like then there were great performances, some singers, uh, Leona Lewis, Rita Ora. Was there anyone else? I forget. Uh, and some great speeches. They do like art auctions and things like that. And also just great talking to people about, about what we're, what I'm passionate about. Like, like I would tell people I am a filmmaker and an actor director, but so is ha sort of half the people in, in the room. But what I, I'm, I do, I am able, I bring awareness to people who are, who have invisible disabilities and we want to squash stigmas for people who have invisibility, visible disabilities. And it's nice to have people listen and yeah. want to hear you out. And so that was one of the most meaningful things about this. There's all the glitz and glamor stuff that was cool. And I've also done that stuff in other parts of my work. But being able to represent the foundation in this capacity with such a massive foundation as we just keep growing is it was uh, it was awesome. And uh, I really felt uh, honored that I was uh, invited to go to do that. Dude, I'm so stoked for you. That is like you are I think what you're doing is important and you know and and having and actually like getting people to care about something that's invisible you know but still actually is real is one of the hardest things to do so big ups to you brother well I you know I said thank you I said that to a few people I said like the AIDS pan epidemic pandemic when it was uh, uh, when it first started which was before our time, but it was like when it first began, it was really invisible. People didn't know what it was. And all of a sudden people were just dropping dead from this thing that was invisible. And so whether it's a disease, whether it's a difference, a disability, a different way of learning, the invisible struggles are signs of the toughest because we can't see them, so we can't identify them. So it's even that much harder to understand what someone else is going through. Mm -hmm. um, not to compare different disabilities and differences, but um, that's a, a struggle with invisible ones. So yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful to be gone. Europe really goes about things differently. And I love that about it. And, uh, went to Amsterdam. That was cool. Yeah. So lots of fun. And now we're back and I, I could go on for a long time about this trip because there were so many cool people and cool stories. But, um, one thing that is important in the present and moving forward is it is the Jew. It is the high holidays. It is the Jewish New Year. So, Rohit, as a non-Jew, uh, what do you have to say to me? I gotta say, yo, bro, happy Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm always confused, Aaron, because Jewish holidays are especially a little bit um, prickly because I'm not sure which ones are happy because you people have a lot of sad ones. 
like I remember, you know, for a long time, I was like, oh, happy Passover. And my roommate was like, man, it's actually not a happy one. Um, and uh, oh, another... when you're like happy Yom Kippur. Yes. Happy Yom Kippur. Is that a good one or a bad one? Well, you're saying congratulations on all the sins that you've done over the last year. <laughs> <laughs> so I get I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you look at life. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a happy one, though. Yeah, yeah, this is happy. And uh, so we're all stoked for another year. It's five, seven. I don't remember. I don't remember what year what? it's going to be. Five, seven, 57. Uh, Rosh Hashanah year. Wow. Ra- I should know okay. this before. Because I- it goes down. It goes to like Adam and Eve time, right? For like when. No, well, can- yeah, yeah. Like there was a one. Um so what year is this? This is great podcasting. What year this is? 2023 right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got the we've got the smart one here. Uh <laughs> Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah year. Oh, 50 5784. 50 Oh, wow. 5784. Happy 5784 to everybody out there, all Jews and all non-Jews alike. And before See, before we go to topic one, yeah, where were you? Sorry, you had. You I had refuse something. to believe it's 5784 because we don't have flying cars or anything. <laughs> yeah. And where's the ball drop, Ryan Seacrest? Yeah. Why don't so, we get a ball drop? Yeah, this is kind of. Um, I don't know because we should we should be in like Star Wars space by now. We should. Uh, Instead, we're not. Um, whoa, whoa, oh, I forgot one thing. Before wrote before we move on, um, I just want to thank some of our European listeners who I met. I'm trying to think of the name. There's Dan, Josie, Chris, Carla, Rick. I'm forgetting some, but the ones I talk to who do listen to the show, uh, much love. Thank you for your uh, feedback, critique, thoughts, love. And uh, and all the things that you said that we should do, we're getting to it. Yes. Well, maybe not the love because you know this is this is just really hate filled content that Aaron and I bring you. Hate filled. Well, should we get right to it since we've talked a lot about the past? Let's yeah. get to the current. Yes. What's uh, what's your topic one, Rohit? <sighs> My topic one is something. See, that was trying. By the way, just so you know, that was try. So in this show. We sometimes try to do segues where we play off each other. So I'll say something to Rohit like, all right, so it's time to move on to the present. So Rohit, and then Rohit's supposed to chime in immediately with topic one. But instead, Rohit just said, yes. Yeah, I, because it's Aaron, it's so frustrating to me. I feel like we've talked about this topic before. Okay. Right now, I'm in a place where I don't know what to believe. And Aaron, we're back on Aliens. And Ooh, I've got something for you. I don't know what you're going to say, but I've got something for you. So I don't know if you've been following the news. I know you were in Europe um, and things are different in Europe. They might, you know, they don't have news over there. They don't have news. No, they only have people watching British Bake Off. Um, <laughs> but the Mexican government on September 13th released information about uh, a UFO and in particular two bodies that they have in their possession. And... They released MRIs. Um, they released sort of X-rays. Um, they uh, 
have said, this is the Mexican government saying these are the aliens that we have. Um, and this was confirmed by one of the major universities in St. Petersburg. Um, and Aaron, nobody believes it. All right, dude. I have some hope for you. And you know where it comes from? Europe. What's that? Okay. And so I was at some event and I was talking to this lady who's was wonderful and all that. And uh, she, we got to talking about aliens and she's like, I've seen a flying saucer. Like I've seen a alien spaceship before. I've seen it twice. I'm like, no way. That's amazing. Can I see the video? And she said, yeah. And so she showed it to me and I'm like, that really looks like a, flying saucer in the sky. I'm like, tell me more about it. And this person's like a, shouldn't give, say who. So it's like a, someone of a little no, you know, like they wouldn't be BSing. I'll say that. It's not just, this wasn't like a kook. This wasn't like some conspiracy. It just was someone who happened to have seen it. They weren't like, this isn't their thing. Uh, And I saw the video and I'm like, oh my God, at some point I want to like use that and talk about it on this show, not knowing that you would use this as topic one. So Rohit, I'll show you a second of it right now on my phone. And then um, I can't post it, because I. but just tell me what you think. And I'll tell for the listeners what I see as yep. you show it to me. Uh, we hold it closer to the camera because you're on the background blur. A little closer. There we go. No, further. Maybe you turn your background blur off because I can't see it. No, like on your Zoom. Oh. Yeah. All right. That's so we are uh, again. This show is live. We are we are bringing this amazing. Uh... So ready. I'm and then ready. you've got to see. So then there's a blue thing that happens where it's like it's like igniting. Ready? Okay. Yes. You'll see a little blue. I happen. see like a like a circle. It That's looks in like the sky. Looking up to the sky. Yep. It looks like like a, a camera pointing to the sky. And it looks like Do you see blue... it turn blue. It just uh, yeah. turned more blue. Yeah. And then it goes unblue. Whoa! At first it blew itself, and then it unblew itself. Remember, see this again. So does that look like anything in the sky you've ever Can, seen? Are in you your... able to pinch zoom on this video? All right. So, what are you seeing now? Yeah. Well, it's like a circular object with a core in the middle, and it just turned blue, and it's like hovering and floating, and it's like moving. I'm not sure if it's from the moving hand of the camera, but I want to believe, Aaron. I want to believe. So, but I think that Rowan, gives me th- hope. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I saw but, this, and then I showed it to some other people. So, I had her send me the video because I wanted it. And she did kindly gave it to me. And then, and it's also, it's not like a BS thing. Like in the sound of the video, you hear her talking to a friend about seeing it right there. So it's not like, oh, she got it from someone. No, she's was in the video talking about seeing it as she was seeing it. Anyway, so it's real. It's not like some, it's not a hoax. This was seen in the sky and it sure and as hell That's her video. It's her video with her voice in it. I mean, here's the thing. There, they, we can't have the sort of like audacity thing where the only 
beings out there. And here's what's interesting. Um, with these two aliens, by the way, they look like E.T. kind of. Um, they're about two feet tall, two and a half, three feet I've tall. I've actually, maybe. Se- I've seen those pictures. Like you see the pictures? They went around the last couple of days, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, and, and some of the critics are saying that these are manipulated. Some of them, because there's no joints between the arm bones and the rib cage doesn't have ling- lungs in it, but it's got like eggs in it. And they're like, this looks like just like crudely stuffed, you know, put together animal parts. They still haven't figured out where the skull could come, come could have come from. Right. Um, but they're saying also the person on the scientist, like, you know, he's done fraudulent stuff in the past. Um, As they but do. The, the Smithsonian said, you know, uh, there's an article that says that... Um, you know, they're saying they're not making conclusions about the origin of these samples because, but people feel that uh, maybe these could be human child remains that later um, from Nazca, Peru, where they elongated the skulls and, fi- you know, and fingers with, uh, you know, like you've seen some like uh, some cultures that elongate skulls or elongate necks. Um, and so they're saying it could be that. But, what, but, um, but, but this is my hope for you. This is to try to give you hope. This is all media saying yes and no. This is direct. This is direct. Yes. And this is direct. I this just, is- I, I just think that this is the biggest finding in our world, in our lifetime. And nobody fucking cares. Everybody's like just so quick to dismiss it instead of embracing the excitement. And I think just like, just well, no, to, they just- care about things like we're going to get to in topic two and debates and stuff. They care more yeah. about things that just don't matter. than yes. Than like this stuff, which is actually life the out cool there. stuff. Yeah, and the and the interesting thing is with the Mexican government with this, they they provided MRA, MR, yeah, sorry, MRI, the the MRA of their body and like sorry, the MRI of the body. You're just making up letters showed, now. You're making letters. up letters. Um, and they said that uh, you know, seventy percent of the DNA they've never seen before, right? And they have all this really, really crazy um, sort of evidence, which I had on my screen and I lost it. God damn it! Um, oh yeah, we've got to get we've got to get some of our uh, assistants and interns. Found to it, get found it, found it. Yes. Okay. So Where, where's our staff? Where's our here's staff? Staff, get in here. Yes. Okay. Staff just came and handed me this paper. All right. Here's some of the findings. The alien specimens we're discussing were found in a mine in Peru and radiocarbon dating indicates they're at least a thousand years old. But evidence presented to Congress of Peru goes much further than that. Sophisticated DNA testing was performed on the alien specimens by an international, by an international consortium. And the results are presented by geneticist Salvador, Salvador Angel Romero, who was trained at UNAM, which is Mexico's equivalent of MIT. Which I don't know why they just don't have it at MIT. It should be the Mexican Institute of Technology. But anyway, um, and Dr. <laughs> Romero and his colleagues compared DNA samples from the aliens to a database um, of DNA sequences on Earth, and seventy percent of the DNA sequences identified were completely unknown, and they have never seen any of living organism on Earth have those DNA. And a forensic pathologist investigated whether the specimens could be a hoax, and he found no evidence that the specimen had been artificially reconstructed, and the body is developed naturally as a single organism with functional anatomy. Um, and he also, they shared the pregnant specimen with eggs in it and it says, this is a normal physiological response to gestation. It would be difficult to reproduce in such a harmonious way. Um, and he also flagged deterioration visible, the intersection of the aliens, femur and ilium. Um, he said an artist making a fake would not replicate this natural wear and tear from bipedal locomotion. Why are there always haters? Why are there always fucking haters, haters, man? Um, this is, so this is other hope. And this is, this is, this is never listen to the haters. 
Yup. Fuck the haters. Um, and you know, they do have fused clavicle undivided vertebrae and that's completely unlike humans. Why do we expect them to function like humans? You know? Um, Dude, so I, I just yeah. say, look, there's so much we don't understand. There's so much we don't know. Why don't we just accept the unknown and then embrace when we learn? It's not hard to embrace when we learn something new. People are so terrified of the unknown. Embrace. Yes. There when when something changes their worldview, people can't can't handle it. So yeah, and it goes in there's so much more evidence that goes into all his brains. I believe, Aaron. I wish other people believe, but I'm happy you believe. And aliens are real. They exist. To quote to quote the great philosophers, the monkeys. I'm a believer. Yes. And to further quote other great philosophers, Mark, Travis, and Tom, aliens are real. Oh, are they the, uh, they were, they were known as the, uh, the Roman hyphenate uh, blink 182, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Yes. They were very, very big in the Roman Caesar era. Yeah. <laughs> the Caesar. They, uh, they were making music around the time of David being made yes. by Michael. Ant- yeah. Yeah. All right, let's. So now we have covered. I, th- I hope I've given you hope. We can hope gong that, yeah, right? Yes. Honestly, the fact that you believe makes me feel less alone in this world. And we have proof. I just showed you proof. I, I yes. showed yes. you yes. direct, direct proof from sources. Hope gong. The aliens are real and they're awesome. Hope gong. Now we get to move to another type of alien. Our segment that we call MAGA Monday. <laughs> Beautiful transition. Thank you. Uh, MAGA Monday, where we cover all things, some politics, MAGA. Uh, it's not a, It's not Monday, and sometimes it has nothing to do with MAGA. But it's our MAGA Monday segment. So the first part of MAGA Monday is, row it. I have hope. What do you from got? a place that you might not think that oh. I have hope. Do tell. Uh, Hunter Biden, the uh-huh. son of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, was indicted on three charges of gun possession. Yep. This gave me immense hope. I know you probably think I wouldn't say that. But do tell. Two reasons. First of all, I I don't... uh, I'm not a huge... I'm a big supporter of uh, the Second Amendment and that stuff. But the Second Amendment as it was written when it was written, not the Second Amendment, how it's been interpreted in current times. Fair. And, very fair. Um, so uh, I, so in that, in, in present day Second Amendment, I am against guns. In original times of why the Second Amendment was written, I'm for them, if that makes, I hope, sense. I can um, understand your perspective, yes. So in that way, I am glad that the, um, that some of the gun legislation and people as pow- as actually not I mean, he's not really powerful, but people as prolific as as known as Hunter Biden, the son of the president of the United States, were not above the law, and got indicted for the crimes that they likely committed. It takes a lot of work to get an indictment. It takes a lot of time and effort, and to get indicted for something, especially a gun charge, I am all for. And for two reasons. One, if the no one is above the law, I believe in the judicial system. 
Um, with all its flaws, I believe in it. Um, on both sides of the aisle, I believe in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, in this case, someone, uh, a Democrat, the son of the president, is indicted for charges for something he likely did. And there, and it's a, a gun-related thing, so it's a double whammy to me. It's a double win. Judicial system is working, and it goes against guns. Uh, where I then find it funny, Rohit, mm-hmm. is on the far right, people are loving that Hunter Biden got convicted for gun charges uh-huh. when... They love guns and uh-huh. want the current Second Amendment. They, if it was their buddy in their town or wherever, they'd be like, that is horseshit. I want, I want to make sure that he, he has the right to all the guns he wants. And that's nonsense that he's getting charged with that stuff. And not that it's just Southern people. <laughs> yeah, like, wait a second. <laughs> that was just, that just so happened to be... Um, it could be, you know, a New Yorker. It could be anyone. I'm not trying to be. Hey, yo, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Hey, th- hey yeah. He's, he's got a couple guns. Come on, man. Or so, even from Minnesota, they say, oh, well, he deserves, he needs to have his guns. Oh, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> or uh, from California. Uh-huh. Trans rights and gun rights. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um. I think I got, we got there that, yeah. and, and that, that concludes the portion of the show where we got canceled. So, yeah, no, but I think we were just being able to explore regional cultural uh, differences and celebrate the diversity. The di- celebrate the uh, diversity and celebrate yeah. that an indictment is an indictment. And yes. so then I am going to read a tweet that I've already sent you, but yep. I'm going to read a tweet by the great George Takei. Star of such things as Star Trek. I don't know what else he's been in. And pro- yeah, I was literally just about to say the same thing. I was like, I'm sure he's been in other things. He's in Howard on Howard Stern a lot. Like he's uh, a guest and he's very funny. Um, he says, "Oh my." Um, <laughs> but he's Sulu on Star Trek. So I'm trying to find the uh, quote. It is. Wow, Hunter Biden has been indicted on three gun charges. That must mean there's probable cause he committed those three gun crimes. And if you agree, then you'd also agree that there's probable cause that Trump committed 91 crimes, right? So He makes a hell of a point. You can't just say, well, you know, hey, they're just out to get him, not guilty, they're fine to find anything. And then at the same time, once a guy on the other team has a diamond spike. Oh yeah, he's definitely guilty. He's definitely guilty. You can't have it both can't ways. Can't do it. And I and I celebrate with you, Aaron. You did the t- you did the crime. Do the time. Yep. And if you know, and if you are not guilty, I mean, not the courts aren't always right, but in most cases, I think we have the best judicial system in the world. You know, the truth shall set you free. And I am really happy to that everybody is getting their reckoning. Hopefully. And if they are innocent, then the courts will prove it. And an indictment means they that the judicial system did the research so mm-hmm. that they could have probable cause to indict. So yep. when when I hate 
when these when the ma this is comes back to the magas when the magas say that there's a two-tier judicial system this right here with hunter biden the president's son is proof that it isn't that no one is above the law if the president's son just got indicted agreed and whether you're a former president current sitting president hey man if you get indicted let's just see where it goes um but yes i i think I want. I don't think anybody should be above the law, and it's good to see the powerful and the people that usually are always getting away with everything. It's good to see them, hopefully, be a little less immune. But you know, it's 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 mostly the invisible people that won't get put up as sacrificial lambs. You know, you got the our modern day oligarchs that are pulling the strings. You got a lot of people that um, really are behind the scenes that are that are running our country. But from you know. Well, Ro, it's, Ro, it's uh, getting off topic a little. So let's go back. To, let's go to your yeah. second, uh, your second, second MAGA topic. Monday. Before we go to sports, we yes. have Open Sixty. We have a yes. yeah, we have a bunch of stuff to get to. Yes, this and this one comes up from a little bit of uh, this is a little Schadenfreude that I had, um, and this is a little bit of a uh, blue MAGA. But here's the thing, Aaron. I love the environment. I'm not even saying that ironically. I literally love the environment. I care for the environment, and but I'm the one person that loves the environment that hates electric cars. You know why? Two reasons. The battery thing? Yes. One is actually like cobalt mining and the battery disposable battery uses batteries aren't able to be recycled properly. And it's actually still it the, the cost benefit analysis. You need to drive an electric car for 20 years and batteries don't last that long for it to actually balance between the cost and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, that's one thing. The other thing is because electric cars are corny as shit and, they, and they'll never come in a stick shift. That's the bigger reason. Um, and they're forcing me to do that and all that. Anyway, so I don't like electric cars. So what I found was really funny. Yeah. Was um, uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Uh, she went on a road trip tour in an electric vehicle to prove how great electric vehicles are. However, uh, she and her team ran into trouble almost immediately as they did not find enough charging stations. Great. Well, we can solve that. We just need more charging stations, right? I think that, that, that that's that's not where this, this is funny. Okay. What's funny is that she sent her staff ahead with a gas car and had them reserve a spot for her at electric <laughs> charging stations. <laughs> a family ended up calling the police because her staff was using their gas cars to block other electrical vehicles from charging uh, at the stations. So she... So that the photo op of her rolling into a charging station could be happened. They stopped people <laughs> from charging that needed to go on their way. So she could have the photo op and they sent the gas, multiple gas cars up ahead. So I, it's, it's kind of like the politician that was flying into the G8 summit. Right. And she took a private jet. Um, and then she took a private limo. Oh, and right. then one kilometer from the center, she got on a bicycle and rode it through. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I believe in the private. It's like, fuck. and you know, one private jet flight, is 20 years worth of an individual car's emissions. Just one flight, one leg. So, um, yeah, these are the people. I uh, I love that story. That gives, yes. I, I thank you for that contribution to yes. Mega Monday. <laughs> yes. So many people are frauds and so many people are, are all talking, no play. So, like, screw them all. And, uh, which is, I think, a good segue into uh, some sports because we need a little oh, bit of... Oh, that is oh, the you most see, I said full segue. We're, they're, that they're, is they're, oh the, the play you yeah, get it so like i, I yeah. said play you know like they're all no, talking no play and then we go right into sports frauds. Oh, Dude, i'm just making Aaron. sure you caught the segue oh i caught it i caught it and my heart breaks my heart breaks to bring to bring this topic to light aaron you know me i'm a depressed orioles fan a depressed knicks fan a depressed giants fan 
um, that sometimes has little like little things thrown my way. And you, before anybody, you have believed in my Orioles before anybody else. Yep. You told me, you know, years ago, you're like, listen, you got these prospects. I'm like, it'll never work out. And it started to work out. We're on pace to win 100 games this year. Last year, I um, said, you're going to probably win the division this year. Yeah. And I was like, Aaron, you need to not smoke crack. And you <laughs> then know, I lit could, up my we... pipe and I said it again. <laughs> 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 so like you know right now the Orioles sit at 91 and 55 which means we have out of 162 games we have Jesus 91 and 60 17 games left yep right so if we win 8 out of 17 we'll win 100 Pro- games and you probably will but we have lost 3 in a row and now our game our division lead against the Rays is down to 1 game and we are in the midst of a four game game we have to start game two of a four game series i don't i i'm very scared we're gonna lose three out of four and we'll no longer be in first place and we got to fight the wild card fight for the wild card and then all the hard work this season has gone to waste and it'll be another painful year okay i'll bring you quick hope rohit so we can move on because your pessimism is uh exhausting (laughs) (laughs) shit you're right um so oh, I, I've told you many times about this. If I were to have told you just last year that the Orioles would be about to win 100 games or close to it, <laughs> and they'd I would have had this same reaction, <laughs> and they'd be um, going to the playoffs for sure. They're already they've clinched a playoff berth, and uh, and you're going to get to watch October Oriole baseball for the first time of probably many years in a row because the this core group is going to be together for four or five years. Uh, you would be saying, you would just be, you'd already probably be streaking. Yeah. And instead, now that it's happening, now that the gift is happening, the, 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 everything that you could have ever dreamed of is happening. What are you doing? You're miserable about it. <laughs> I'm just preparing myself for the inevitable pain. Cause if I get too excited, well, they're, they're probably not going to win the world series this year. Yeah. 29 of the 30 teams don't win the World Series, so they're probably yeah. not. But they have a better chance than they did last year or in many yeah. years past. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but I just, I actually don't know if I was only a better chance the than the Dodgers. That's for I was, sure. I was one and a half years old when the Orioles won their World Series in 1983, and I've been fairly confident I'll never see them win another World Series as long as I'm alive. But now that I'm starting to kind of have hope, I'm like, shit, have I let go of, that, of these very important walls that I've built up to protect myself? You know, because I did that with the Giants this, this past year. Um, you know, last year we made the playoffs, won a playoff game, and then we'd lose 40 to nothing at home in the first game of the no, season against great. the Cowboys. It was great. That was pain. I lost sleep over that. And so well, I Well, again, like, I, and I said this to you, and then we'll move on to Hope in 60. I said this to you, Rohit. It's September. It's the heart of baseball season, and your team that you love your whole life is having their best season in forever. And you're focusing on week one of the Giants? Like, get your priorities straight. Deal with the Giants in, like, (laughs) November and see where they're at. And, like, yeah, they might not make it. But right now, focus on the good things. Um, Because unlike the Giants, you you don't have my situation where your NFL team won. Uh, your team looks great. Your baseball team is making the playoffs. You know, you, you don't have as much joy as me, so focus on the joy you do have in your life. Thank you. Thank you for that, Aaron. I, it's a reality check that I do need, so I appreciate 
I appreciate you. And and so let's do some quick reality checks now. Ooh, these yeah, segues yes. are good. Hope oh, in, dude, you're on fire. Hope in sixty. We're gonna do all right. We're gonna do uh, do it in sixty seconds. We've got three, and then a topic two, and then uh, we're gonna wrap up the show. All right, let's. I got the first one and going. Okay, I'm gonna talk about Canada again, and this time, what are they Always. up to? Well, uh, the Canadian. Uh, so there's a Canadian school library, um, school board um, has removed all books published in 2008 or earlier because uh, they're saying it is for equity. Uh, based stuff. So they removed everything from the Harry Potter for Harry Potter Hunger Games, but they also removed Anne Frank. They removed books about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. They removed everything before because it's mostly white authors. And they said that for equity, we need to remove this literature. So now it's only content books written after 2008. Where did they do this? This is in Canada. No, but where? Like, oh, oh, in uh, Arendelle Secondary School. This is school district in. Peel School District uh, in Toronto. Okay, I don't even know. I know Toronto pretty well. I don't, I've never heard of this school. And one school is an outlier. I'm sure in most schools they have it. I'm not worried at all. No, no, uh, no problem. Just one school. Okay, what about the children of this one school? So many cousins and like family members and there who are educated and know all about these topics and are going to continue to get educated one school is an outlier it's not the norm i guarantee it and uh if anything a place like toronto is going to teach all this stuff much more than the united states and i know this as fact because my mom and all of my family has been educated in the uh in the the canadian education system and all of them are and some of them are listening right now and all of you listening you're at least Half as smart as me. Half as smart. <laughs> I think you underestimate. I think we I'm half Canadian. So it's like they got, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just you know, just just a heads up for Canadians. Is please don't follow this, but this district's lead. And that. All right. Next yeah, topic, please. Next topic is. Oh wow! I have all three of these. Sweet. Okay. Uh, let me queuing up the next topic, and. Um, Okay, so there is um, a hoax um, at Rogers Park in Chicago mm-hmm. um, where so, where a prankster has been putting up signs uh, that say at this beach, and it says nude beach past this sign. Um, this is in Loyola Beach, but it is not a nude beach. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the, my hopelessness is that somebody narked on them and now they're taking all the signs down. Wait. But it's terrible that that's, it's not a new... Oh, you, I know. You like- they were trying to make the world a better place. They were trying to make the world a better place by, by pretending, by making people think that a beach was a nude beach. And then the squares in oh, were then the local people, government. Were then people taking their clothes off, like thinking it was nude? Yeah. Some people were like, oh, there's a, there's a nude beach. So... Oh, simple hope. Luckily... You can reprint signs again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, it's just why do people got to be narcs, man? Like Let that was such a good prank. Free the nipple. Um. Okay, and finally, um, this last one. Is that a is... PC thing to say? Free the nipple. I think that's popular. Yes, as as you and I support feminist movements, we support that movement. Yeah, free um, the nipple. Because honestly, like we can walk around the beaches without our shirts out. Like 
it's literally nipples and nipples. And I think it's actually kind of ridiculous. Um, so uh, the next thing is, um, final one. Bill Gates says every person on earth should have to prove their identity with a digital ID. Um, and this is, uh, he wants to be able to have a global ID system that serves as a solution. Um, and he says it's to, to dismantle barriers between people. Um, but now this is kind of like, he pretty much wants to track, you know, he wants to think everybody should be digitally tracked. Um, and it's sad because now I have to agree with Alex Jones, who forever has been saying Bill Gates wants to digitally track everybody. And well, that dude, you shouldn't agree with anything he says. For you. I've, I've got but now Bill seconds. Gates says, I want to digitally track everybody. I've got like yeah. 15 seconds. Uh, here's my hope. Hell to the nah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell to the nah, nah, nah. We're not, no, we're not doing that shit. Who I don't care what Alex Jones says or anyone says. I'm not... I'm not tr being tracked digitally. I already well, I, we already are being tracked digitally by our phones and computers and everything. But yeah. no, to Bill Gates, no. And also, yeah. guess who's younger than you? Guess who's <laughs> gonna be alive longer? <laughs> well, on the road you and I are on, who knows? Who knows? Bill Gates. Bill Gates has enough money to have blood boys and all that. <laughs> <He's> frozen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we and we eat too much Domino's, despite being uh, gluten intolerant. Yeah. Um, or yeah. All right. So last top, la our second topic, right? We're there. Yeah. 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 So I can't go too long on this show without talking about the strike going on. Cause having been gone from Los Angeles for a bit and coming back, uh -huh. Ro, at first, do, do you see, d does it feel like this, like our city, like the city of Los Angeles right now is a little bit sadder? Well, just for listeners, Aaron is talking about the actors and writers strike. But the city, there I'm are saying, other strikes. No, no, oh, but yeah, yes, so yes, I'm, yes. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, but do you feel that our the city driving around just the energy? It's a little sadder. You know, that's kind of interesting. Maybe because there is this energy that is driven by Hollywood and by entertainment, and in our careers with our respective jobs and I won't go into much into what we do professionally. We, the entertainment industry is crucial to what we do. And when productions are shut down, not only does it impact our jobs in different ways, very different ways, you much more in front of the camera, you know, making stuff and all that, but like, you know, it, it impacts it. And it is sadder because all the work we do is like, Oh, this would have been so much cooler. If this, yeah. you know, if this, everything w would have been resolved by now, if everything would have worked out and, you know, and yeah, I think professionally you're feeling like you're a little bit left out. Um, and personally, yeah, as someone in the city, it's like, this is, it's unfortunate and it's sad, but it's also, it casts because entertainment and acting and story, these stories impact our lives so much. The things that the the writers and the actors are striking for like with AI and everything, like, you know, using identities and like the pay and all that. It sort of starts to shine a light on the larger workforce and the larger part huh. of the world. And as everybody, I think I started to evaluate what they get out of their jobs and what they're asked of, especially in a world where, you know, our wages haven't as increased as much as the cost of living. COVID hurt us a lot. And just the way the global economy is going, climate change, all that, like the just, it's harder to be alive. And when people then look at even what you think is the most invulnerable people, the rich, the famous, the celebrities, movies, stars, all that, if they are having trouble 
what does that mean for us? So I think I just talked myself into seeing your point of view on it. So, yeah. I mean, thank you. Th- Rohit, thank you, because what's, this is this is why this show is uh, so, I think, so great. I'm biased. Because I did not bring up my topic yet. Oh, and, shit. And Rohit... Oh, please bring it up. Rohit just made very valid points without me bringing up my topic. Shit. Which I... Uh, respect, Rohit. I love. It's like it's like uh, you know when people say like you're related to someone and you can just communicate without even without even uh, talking. You just know what the other person's thinking. Yeah. Uh, except we're not related, and you were wrong about what I was thinking, but you still went for it. So thank you for that. Thank you for your monologue about that, and I do appreciate <laughs> everything you just said. It just happens to not really be my topic, but. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, you're right. Yeah. So now can I, can I just bring my topic up? <laughs> yes. How about you start your topic before? I, yeah. I did not mean that to fucking amazing. That. No, that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. And some of it did answer some of what I'm talking about, but here is what I, so yes, the city seems sad. It's down and everything Rohit just said is true. What I have also realized, and I think it's going to, catch up to the industry and I think people start to realize it. And if you've been listening to this show, some of the things that we've talked about, surprisingly, they have come to fruition. I was talking about this kind of thing happening with the industry happen. I was talking about it in 20 at the end of 2020 and now it's happening. And if you go back and listen to episodes yes. in like October, November, December, January 2021, I was talking about this and now it's happening. Am I you could go listen to it. But you have called it from probably our first or second episode. Yeah, that these are problems. Some of it was because I was dealing with some stuff with our with our films. But here's the point, Rowett. I believe the entertainment industry is going to go into two industries. The tech entertainment field and then cinema and film. And they're two totally separate things. Mm-hmm. So... There's like product placement, like content, Marvel movies, like Disney remakes, um, Uh uh the things that are more recycled stuff that you just see remakes of remakes of remakes. Uh, What did I just hear is being made? Um, It's like the musical based on the show based on the musical, like they're like these kinds of things. They're just like. So they're like corporate tech. They're meant for people to basically go onto Amazon and buy more stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's just that. And then there's going to be a smaller industry that more applies to what people are striking about. The cinema and TV industry that's actually making real content. And that's where residuals happen. So you're either going to sign a contract that you're going to be in like a tech commercial. You're going to be in a Marvel a new version of them. I'm not talking about the old Marvel movies that people love. I'm talking about as things progress and just, you're going to sign away your identity to be a piece of this tech cog that makes money, or you're going to be in a movie or you're going to be in a TV show and you're going to get residuals. uh And Uh this makes me hopeless, but it also at least gives me hope of some resolve that could happen. But I'm curious, what do you think now that I've brought up my actual topic? What do you, what are your, 
thoughts on that potential outcome? I'm not sure how much I'm able to comment on some of this stuff, truthfully. Like, um, but I do feel that if there's a solution that gets, here's the thing. Most working actors are not rich. You know, most working actors, you know, a lot of them have other jobs or, you know, that's the majority, but the ones you all know, obviously are really doing fine. But when it comes to content distribution and consumption, yeah, streaming is enormous. And I can see that maybe there is a completely new innovative way to get people paid. Or do you see how it could be separate? It's like there's two different entities kind of working against each other now in the strike. That's really interesting. I never thought about that. It's like like almost you have like cinematic contracts and you got streaming contracts, but they're two different beasts. Yeah, and the streaming contracts are like for these, like, okay, you're part of a tech entity versus you're part of a film. And if you're signing away to be a part of a tech entity, you're that's one contract. I don't necessarily agree with this solution. I just think that's where it's headed. Is but there's no, but two you're right, separate maybe, things. Because if innovation was part of the the frustration, yes, and not all AI innovation is good, trust me. Um, the that means then uh, there needs to possibly be innovation on both sides, innovation in the contract, innovation in how we consider this. And um, yeah, you got me thinking now. I never thought about it this way. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe we will have a type of contract we've never seen before. New contract. Like, and then yeah. that's like maybe the only way to solve this. Um, anyway, well, that's my that's my thing. And I, we have one last segment that yeah. that I think this segues into very well yeah uh, before the end of our show um yes. hopeless tv and we'll get to uh more submissions and other stuff uh in the next show because uh this was our our comeback to reality show but we will yeah. be bringing you shows every week now um, oh we still got a 4chan with love oh and a 4chan with love so we've got two yes. more things yeah. so hopeless tv so on one of the planes what's well, one of the great things about flying for a long time is you get to watch a lot of movies and I decided I wanted to create my own Barbenheimer. Uh, okay. So Barbenheimer, as everyone knows, Barbie and Oppenheimer, a lot of people went and saw it on the same day. I've only seen yep. Oppenheimer so far, but still have to get to Barbie. Uh, it was fun. You watched Barbie. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. You liked it. All right. Yeah. Cool. So I have to see it. Then we can have a more in-depth. Uh, we can, yeah. we, we, we want to be as, as late to the game as possible in talking about Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I still haven't watched Coney 2012. Oh, so you have, remember that video that was going around? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have uh, yeah, and uh, and Google while you're at it, uh, two girls, one cup. Okay, cool. I'll add that to my list. My Netflix. I'm sure it's on Netflix. It's, yeah, um, I think it is. It's streaming. Yeah, it's not a quick. It's not a long watch. Um, yeah. The so I decided to to uh, replicate Barbenheimer, um, but with the Little Mermaid and Cocaine Bear. So I call it the Little Cocaine. And I watched The Little Mermaid, the remake, um, and then Cocaine Bear. Hadn't seen either of them. I started with The Little Mermaid because I wanted to go, uh, I wanted to go light into the heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I guess my take on The Little Mermaid is this. 
The Little Mermaid, to me, feels like, in the thing about the two industries, The Little Mermaid sides more into the tech version of the this contract. Uh, there were some nice moments. It's fun to see some of the songs done. Uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula was great. Um, oh, yeah. She's awesome. Awesome. And she was great. Uh, and it also felt like like a corporation put this thing together. <laughs> like we're going to check off a lot of boxes. We're going to make things like there were a lot of accountants and execs chiming in to make sure that this movie worked. The director, Rob Marshall, I'd love to have a truthful sit down that he would never be able to give to find out what he had saying in this movie, because it's like they checked off every box and you're just waiting for the next box to be checked and for the next line of dialogue to be delivered that's like checking off this next piece. Um, so, yeah. I don't even know what to think of the film except it felt like like a big piece of product. Okay. Okay. Um, was it, how did it look visually? Weird. Like, some of it was beautiful. Everything looked digital. Even the people looked, the actors, they looked like they had a digital, like, layover on them. Um, oh, no. Melissa was great. Filters. Melissa was Melissa was the one. Melissa McCarthy was really uh, fun as Ursula um, and really encapsulated the part. But, yeah, it was just, it was a bizarre experience. The, Sebastian the Crab, the iconic character, like, looked like a real crab. It was just weird. Like, he, no. he wasn't cute. And the fish love- flounder, like, the, the other sidekick. Was uh, like a like a fish that like signs like looked like a dead fish. It was just very weird. And Scuttle the the bird was Aquafina. It was originally played by Buddy Hackett. Now it was a woman. So that kind of jarred me because I Scuttle was a was Buddy Hackett, like a famous uh, old timer like comedian. I don't know. There were just I, don't, I, I gotta look up Scuttle. I've only seen the original Little Mermaid when I was a kid. Scuttle's um. the bird. He's like. Like he's kind of the wisecracking oh, bird, yeah. but now is the woman. And I, so it was like, they were checking off all the boxes and like, I don't know what was a creative decision or what was an, an accounting, an executive slash accounting decision. So that was the first part of, of my hopeless TV, uh, of the little cocaine. So the li- that was the little part. And then uh-huh. for cocaine, I watched cocaine bear, which is based on true events. And that this cocaine, have you seen it? No, I have not. So it's about this cocaine that like fell from a cartel guy into the woods and like bears ate the cocaine. Right. Um, Based on a real story. Well, loosely inspired. Very loosely. Uh, The problem I had with this film that made me upset by my double feature in its entirety is that there was no protagonist. There was no antagonist. You just didn't really care. It was fun to watch the bear like do cocaine and then like kill people. But there was like that it was just it was just like absurd. It, it felt like they, they could have done a lot more with this than they did. So it felt like no stakes and it was like more of an it was more of like a take on a nature documentary than it was a story. And silly, really silly. So okay. whereas they could have, I think, at times gotten to where you care about some of these people a little more, it was just it was real big caricatures of, of, of people. So uh-huh. um, when I think for this story, they could have had a little more to it. And uh, so 
to anyone who wants to follow my lead, and I think the now viral, I think it's already viral, uh, the little cocaine um, double feature. Uh, do it with caution because it was a lot of time. And again, Cocaine Bear was fun. L the Little Mermaid had fun moments, but overall, a disappointing uh, double feature. I, I, that's unfortunate, man. That is unfortunate. Um, but do it well, if you want to have a wild, okay. a wild yeah. three hours or four hours. The Little Mermaid plus Cocaine Bear really throws you for one, and both have animals. Okay. Okay, I like and I love animals. Um, okay, maybe that that might. I mean, here's the thing: I'm gonna get around to watching Little Mermaid. I wasn't planning on Cocaine Bear, but yeah. did you? Which of the two? If I was to watch first, what did you do? No, you gotta do the double feature. You gotta do both. Got to do the, Okay, fine. It's uh, fine. they double they were meant. They were they were planned together. They were meant to be together. They were marketed together um, by me. So you have to. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then um, we okay. are la we're going to end the show with for from 4chan for with love, which is scary. So go. Yes. As we, you know, we've had some bangers uh, 4chan. This one is titled The Almighty Himself. This is more obviously the green text starts. Be me, God. Alone in the empty universe. Feel bored. Decide to challenge myself with a differential calculus problem. Create time and space. Define some arbitrary rules that regulate it. Create matter. Put every single particle in a precise position according to my calculation. Start the simulation. Particles move. They assemble. A few billion years and planets are there. My calculations are right so far. In the position I chose, no matter... In the position I chose, no matter... Start... What? In the position I chose, matter... Oh, in the position I chose, comma, matter starts interacting in a complex way I invented. Life is formed. Life evolves. New species emerge and die until humanity is there. So far, so good. Humanity survives all sorts of challenges, but emerge the winner. They colonize the entire planet. They start to understand the parts of the rules I made up. They use them to their advantage. Finally, Anon is born. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, I hope you've enjoyed our show. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Okay. Yeah. So one of the top comments says, two million years ago, an ape decided to walk erect, and now I have to get up at 6 a.m. to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, th that's truth. <laughs> that's truth. That's a, that's a good comment. Um, well, yikes. Okay. Everyone has their opinion. Um, uh, and thanks for listening, everyone. We're, yeah, we're, happy Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. No, in, in all seriousness, happy Rosh Hashanah to everyone out there celebrating. Um, happy high holidays. We will be uh, we'll be recording again next week, so we, uh, we'll be back. And uh, it's been fun to be back, man. I, uh, I missed, uh, missed the last couple of weeks not doing the show. I know. I felt lonely. Me too. Um, okay. Well, everybody... Follow the Hopeless Show. Follow Aaron and myself. He is the Aaron Wolf. I am at Vohit for Rohit. And Aaron, do you want to give a shout back out to what you started the show with? Where can we follow? What did we start with? <laughs> we started with how you were working on promoting a very specific. I am Able Foundation. Started. So. 
Well, one, yes. Amfar, who hosted me. You can go to Amfar. You can see all the wonderful things they've done. And then for I Am Able Foundation, if you go to the IamAbleFoundation.org I or I Am Able, like FND on all the socials, I think it is. <laughs> it all connects to If you go to IamAbleFoundation.org, it has all the socials. Follow. We put up tons of content. We have a big initiative starting in weeks um, that with uh, a, a film that was made and... It's really cool. I, I, I can't give all of it away yet because there's a press release coming out in, in, the, in a couple weeks and I'll be talking about it more on this show, trust me, because we're not about like self, really self-promoting the many things we do on this except for the really important things that are like this. Like This is a truly a passion of, of trying to make change and giving back. So um, go to IamAbleFoundation.org, sign up for the newsletter, follow us on all the socials, and please do see because we have... One of the things I've been, we've all been working our asses off on the, on our team to, to make this possible. And so I'm excited to share it with everyone so we can squash stigmas for people who have invisible struggles, invisible disabilities, and uh, bring light so that the conversation can be started and empowerment can continue. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, also, uh, the last thing I will say is I, uh, I love you, Rohit. I love you, Aaron. Oh, oh, we're back. We're, we're back. Friendship is back on. We're back. Now that you didn't abandon me I did, for I Europe. I didn't abandon you for Europe. And uh, until yeah. next week, uh, stay hopeful. Stay hopeful. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show with Aaron and Rose.